nothing to show, just climbing this rope right here. And if there's a man upstairs, he kept bringing me rain. But I've been sending up prayers and something's changed. I think I finally found my The 10 o'clock hour of Will and begins now. And look, we appreciate everyone who is so loyal to our show. You kind of know what you're getting when you sign up. You're getting a glimpse inside the mind of Tausch. And you're getting Packers, Badgers football. And then other stuff. Sometimes some Bucks, sometimes some Brewers. Not a lot. We have our Bucks and Brewers experts who come on to educate us and our fans. We don't generally pretend to know more than we do. And so yesterday, I'll be honest, it seems to me that the arbitration process is not a healthy one. It does not, uh, if, when it comes to contractual negotiations, I understand things get ugly in every sport, right, Tausch? You went through the process. Yep. Right? They try to explain to you why they think yeah, you should be at this number. Can get hurt and, sure. Yeah, feelings can get hurt for sure. But I don't know if there's many places where you sit at a table and your employer talks about all the reasons why you suck and you shouldn't get paid as much as you think you should get paid, right? I mean, that, that does seem like a little more adversarial than even the typical negotiating process. Fair? Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, baseball's different in the fact that you have, like, a judge, an arbiter, if you will, that sits there and listens to the cases. I would think you know, the players wouldn't want to do that and that the clubs wouldn't, and it usually is the last-ditch thing. But in this case, with baseball, with the way that the rights are controlled for a very long time, this is what you do. And, again, everybody is killing the Brewers for this. And I understand, well, it's 750 k Well, it's not your 750 k uh, Now, all right, in, but just so people understand, because you're, uh, let me explain for those who missed this story. Corbin Burns, a Cy Young Award winner, goes to arbitration well. with the Brewers. And what? On L.A. Law, third baseman. <laughs> Corbin Burns. Loved him in Major League, yes. Still doing those. Yeah. No. Um, and I thought, apparently I did the math wrong. I thought he wanted $10.75 million. The Brewers said 10.1. For me, that math was 650 out of several people correcting my math. The point is, whatever the difference was, 650 750 yes, it's not my money. But when you consider the amount of money that is compared to what your payroll is, etc., as Tausch would say, and this was the first phrase that popped into my head when I saw this story, that's popcorn money. Now, I don't know how much popcorn they sell at AmFam Field. Maybe it's a little less popcorn well, we have an money. Usher. Uh, we have an old usher that could probably tell us. I don't know how much they pay it's them. Apparently, they get free tickets for their kids a lot. The ushers but, are not privy to the popcorn sales meeting. Oh, I thought maybe they would be. But branches so, of the anyway, bottom so obviously, line, he lost. And they told yeah. him, 
These are all the reasons why we should pay you $10.1 million instead of what you're asking for. And then Corbin Burns out at the Brewers facility for spring training spoke to reporters and Adam McAlvey of, of the Brewers website, I might add, uh, posted this clip of Corbin Burns discussing his arbitration loss. There, there's no denying that the relationship is definitely definitely hurt from... Um, you know, what what perspired over the last couple of weeks? Um, yeah, there's there, there's really no way of getting around that. Um, obviously, we're, we're we're professionals, and we're going to go out there and, and do our job, and you know, I'm gonna keep giving what I can every fi- every fifth day that I go out there. But um, you know, when some of the things that are said that um, you know, for instance, basically basically put me in the forefront of, of the reason why we didn't make the postseason last year. That, I mean, that's something that probably doesn't need to be said. You know, we can go go about a hearing without having to do that. Um, so that's kind of one of those things that, you know, obviously, you know, they, there was no attacking of, of character, of, you know, person of who I was, but um, just the, just the, some of the stuff that was said that, you know, definitely didn't need to be um, said is, is, is something that, you know, I think kind of disappointed everyone. So not everyone is killing the Brewers in the response to my tweet, because I asked, because this is not my area of expertise. Uh, it felt to me like you won, but you didn't really win if you're the Brewers here. What's your position on this? It's a big boy league, and I think everybody wants to maximize their value, and every organizations want to save when they can. Is it easy for me to sit here and say, for the betterment of the team and for the betterment of – this isn't a $15 million gulch. This is six hundred or 750 grand. And in the grand scheme of things, it is popcorn money to the Brewers, the Packers, these multi-billion-dollar you know, operations. The Brewers are a small market team. We just saw Governor Evers uh, two hundred ninety or three hundred million dollars to keep the field up to par, so that the Brewers will stay here until twenty forty-three. This is not the New York Yankees. So, yeah, I understand all that. Just looking at it from a team chemistry standpoint, there's been a big sea change as far as how organizations treat their players. It used to be take it or leave it, or you can leave, you know, stick it up your whatever it might be. That has changed. Organizations, Mike Tomlin said, I don't want hostages, I want volunteers. You mm-hmm. want. And the Packers, to their credit, have done a very good job of making it about the people and being Packer people, getting everybody to work together. Now, there's still going to be contract disputes, but they want you to feel like your value is there. They don't, they don't, they're not going to overpay you, but they also don't want to you know, underpay you to a certain degree. They want you to feel whole so that you're going to get the best production. What I'm worried about with this situation, I it's, a again, a battle. You win some, you lose some. Burns' life's not going to change over this six hundred grand. Mm-hmm. He's going to end up getting a monster deal, and it's going to be somewhere else. It's not going to be in Correct. Milwaukee. He never was. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee's not going to pay him $35 to $40 million a year, just not feasible for where we're at. So it's more about the psyche and how this team goes. And listening to this you know, quote from Corbin reminded me a lot of the reaction that the team had after they traded Josh Hader last year. Yeah, And that is, 
is this organization in it? What are is this? It feels like there's a, a kind of a groundswell from fans and from players as far as how committed everybody is, because money equals commitment when it comes to professional sports. And if it's going to be six hundred and seven seven hundred grand, which again, it. I, I hate to say this because it's not about the money because it always is. Correct. But in this case, it actually isn't about the money. It's about what it meant. Mm-hmm. And I really think that six or seven hundred grand there would have had some goodwill moving forward. And when you don't do that, you save the money. But I think there's going to be ramifications that come from that that aren't necessarily going to be in the Milwaukee Brewers' best interest. So obviously the arbitrator found in favor of the Brewers. So the question I have is whether or not you even really need to go to this. Like, could you have just said, all right, we're not that far apart. Split it. Let's just do, yes. Split it. Right. Because they often reach agreements before the arbitrator hears the case. So I understand how this works. I understand the arbitrator felt like the Brewers were right and Corbin Burns was wrong. I get it. But this feels like this could have been avoided. And you won, but you didn't really win. Jesse, as a diehard Brewers fan and the son of a Miller Park slash AmFam field usher, I got a lot of responses saying the owner's cheap. He's not even going to keep the team long term. This is just, you know, he just views this as an investment. A lot of pushback on Mark Atanasio, who I don't have any in- interaction or experience with. As a Brewers fan, how did this make you feel? Uh, much like Tausch said, it reminded you instantly of how everybody reacted when Josh Hader was traded last year and when he got to San Diego and he said, yeah, it's great to be on a team that's actually committed to winning and not just worrying about the finances, paraphrasing. The Milwaukee Brewers are starting to feel like what the old Tampa Bay Devil Rays felt like in the public opinion, which is they're cheap and they have to maximize every cent and every ounce of talent from every player on the roster, and it has to be a perfect storm just for the team to make the playoffs and have a chance at making a run. That's the public relations type uh, view that it appears that they've presented to everyone Which over the last year. It's not very good, by the way. No, it's not. And I don't want them to be like And quite frankly, I've never felt, even in the days when they stunk, back in like the mid-2000s, 2003, 2004, prime Usher George at uh, AmFam Field. Prime uh, Usher George. Yeah, back in those days when the team was just bad. Like, you didn't feel like it was like this. And now Josh Hader saying what he did, Devin Williams and the way that he responded after Josh Hader was traded yeah, last not year. Not just him. Uh, the fact that they were so late to the party in the offseason here signing any free agent to anything. Uh, this arbitration over $650,000, it's starting to feel like they have a rep now as the cheap team, and that is not where you want to be as a small market team in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and I think the part of this that I think from a Brewer fan standpoint is we've trusted David Stearns because he's been so good, and now he's gone. And I think there's that part of it, too, because, well, Stearnsy will be able to do this, and he'll be able to piece this thing together. And I know Arnold is the new guy, and he's a disciple and all that, but there's just something about when that guy goes and the success. It has really been the 
golden era. Really, when you look at Brewers baseball, this last stretch has been fantastic. We've been won divisions. We've been in the playoffs for a ton of it. And now that Stearns is gone, you almost felt like when he resigned, it was the end of an era. And there's a lot of trepidation about what the next era is going to look like. And when you have stories like this come out, it does not paint a pretty picture as far as what it's going to be. That has been your Brewers 13 Minutes. Hey, Brewers fans, American Family Insurance, they want to give you and three guests the chance to win. Hey, I'll tell you what. You say all you want about all that. It's still what a great experience it is to get down to AmFam Field, and AmFam wants to give you and three guests the chance to win that ultimate game day experience at the April 3rd home opener to kick off the Brewers 2023 season. This all-inclusive prize package will include a travel stipend, field-level tickets, an ex-golf reservation with food and beverage, and I'm guessing as much popcorn as you can eat, a private meet-and-greet with Bernie And I'm going to say Bernie will give you a hug. I'm going a little bit out of pocket here. Bernie gives you a hug. Enter today at AmFam.com slash Brewers. That's AmFam.com slash Brewers. No purchase is necessary. Must be 18 to enter. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. How is that for a segue? Not only that, but if you you could throw the ball a little bit, they might bring you out of the bullpen while you're there. It's pretty non-sequitur there, Tausch. Uh, we need to get ready for Joe Thomas to join us. Uh, I'm scrolling through uh, the rundown, and I know it's Friday, so I know we finished with Feel Good Friday. You're not trying to pull a fast one, are you? You're not planning on moving Feel Good Friday around and stressing me out heading into the weekend by putting trivia, because I thought this would be one we'd be playing trivia, and it, according to this, it's not... All right, you promise. Feel good Friday to end the week. Trivia sometime during the 11 o'clock hour. You promise, Jesse? Maybe. Oh, boy. All right, well, we are not playing trivia next. We're going to get ready for Joe Thomas, who is scheduled to appear a little bit later in the show. Stick around. It's Wilde and Tausch. You are listening to Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Call Gina Della from Pella at 855-PELLA-WI or visit online at PellaWI.com slash radio. I understand that you just are who you are. What does that mean? Well, I'm going to explain. Hold on. It, I mean okay. it as a compliment. As... I would be offended. No, don't. Don't do that. I already don't st- feel offended. Don't, yeah. don't stir up trouble where hit, there isn't. Can I hit decline when you like start uh, no. an opening statement? No. No. No, 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 no. But I, what if uh, I put a note in there? Like, no, I don't uh, want yeah, if you to, put a note in, then that's perfectly acceptable, apparently. Oh, okay. At least according to some. Um, so, you, you know, I don't think you change how you go about things based on who's our guest or if you have a relationship. Well, you just you ask the questions you ask. I try to be the same way. And so whether it's asking a 
semi-tough question of Mason Crosby when he joins us, but also telling him how I really feel. Like, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting there in my seat in the press box. Oh, I really hope he makes this field goal because that's not my job. But I really like Mason. We got a lot of history together. I hope he comes back because I enjoy covering him. I try to be honest about how I am as a person in my human interactions. But when it comes to this show and when we have guests, like we haven't had Bill Schrader on. We've had Bill Schroeder on. But like I don't ever want to, I don't want to be a jerk to people. I I mean, I think that's reasonable, right? Sometimes you have to ask tough questions. But I don't want to be a jerk to people. And so Joe Thomas appeared on Keyshaw, J. Will, and Max the other day. And I'm not sure about how he was treated by Keyshawn. Some might say Keyshawn might have been a jerk to him. Here is that clip. You tell me. Joe Thomas. Morning, Joe. What up, What's Joe? up, Joe? I got some decisions Good to morning, make. Good morning, guys. Back. Yeah, I got oh. I got some decisions to make. What's happening, Joe? About what? <laughs> What's well, up? I don't know where the Joe could play for me at. I'm trying to decide if I could trade him and move on, give him to another network for interviews. Because when you think about it, you know he's played left tackle. So I got him. I got Willie Rofe. Mm-hmm. I got Anthony Munoz. Oof. I got Willie Anderson. We have all like, offensive tackle, all the offensive uh, linemen on this show, Joe. We have quite an offensive gonna, line. Where I can move him to guard, I don't want him. To, he's too tall for center, and I got Jeff Saturday. I could probably oh, move Jeff him Saturday to guard. Back? Well, I mean, he's he's on the show a lot. So okay, okay, yeah. when you are you have all this richness of these great offensive pro hall of, I mean, these pro bowlers, these Hall of Fame, these all pros. It's tough to fit him in. And, I and got Joe, decisions and Joe, to make. Joe has the NFL record for most consecutive snaps played at 10,363, so you know he's got to get reps. You, Joe, Joe Tom is going to be there. You just leave him alone right and there. And he's expensive. Yeah. Jeez. What do you think, Joe? Man. Uh, all I can say is I'm making about half of what these dudes are making right now playing tackle. I'm not complaining about it, but they're getting <laughs> pretty expensive these days at left tackle, that's for sure. So, uh, not putting Joe in the uh, best position to succeed there, but Keyshawn's message is basically, I don't want you on my team. Yeah. You don't make the cut. Now, again, uh, I mean, I think he was trying to be funny, but like... No, it was terrible. That was awkward and terrible, and we've both been on, all three of us have been on Keyshawn... Jay, Will, and Max. All three of us, you, me, and Joe, or you, me, and Jesse? Yeah, me, you, me, and Joe. Yeah, the three, so the, our new three-peat. Jesse will be on there at some yeah. point. That's where I think had Joe known that he was going to be basically blindsided, like it, it wasn't funny. I don't think he was even trying to be funny. I think he was just rambling and probably didn't know that Joe <laughs> was going to be on the show is honestly what I think happened is from Keyshawn's standpoint. But that's where Joe would have said, well, don't worry about it, Keyshawn. I would have never picked you as a wideout, and I would have never picked you as a host on my radio show. Then you throw it back to him. Uh, uh, that's what you do because he's being a complete jerk to you. You don't have to be a jerk back and say, well, don't worry about it. Don't bother. I will be in the Hall of Fame. You never will be. And I am going to have a radio show. And trust me, I'd love to have Max, but I don't really want you. 
Uh, that would have been the fun way to. And then you see how Keyshawn reacts to, and I put in air quotes, his kind of humor. That would have been the way to do it. But yeah, it. First off, Jeff Saturday. Uh, Joe Thomas would play center ahead of Jeff Saturday. Uh, those are just the facts. Man, are it's you too being tall. serious, Keyshawn? It's too tall. Oh yeah, you'd, you'd hate. You'd hate. To, uh, that was cringy at its worst, oh, wasn't right it, there. Though? I don't. Un- I don't understand what. A lot of times, I do understand. It's like, how do you get into a topic that you want? You want to be kind of friendly and warm. That was sure. cold, jerkish, and this is three days after Joe just gets <laughs> yes. to the Hall of Fame. Yes. You know how when some people are upset and they start their response with, well, the, the Joe's was. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Man. If we get a, yeah, I don't know. get one of those. Uh, I don't next. know. I don't know if I got a. I don't know if I have a spot for you, Joe. Uh, we got what the man, uh, man, man. If we get a man, we know we've done it wrong. When we talk to Joe Thomas, he is scheduled to appear next. Want to remind you that when you go to Fleet Farm, they're never jerks to you like Keyshawn was. To him, they have great customer service, great deals. If you're a rewards member, you're getting they're giving you $5 all the time because of all the shopping you do and all the gas you get. And if you're looking for an exciting, fresh start in a new job to be part of a great team and great customer service, Fleet Farm is hiring during their spring hiring event. Grow with their team and apply at careers.fleetfarm.com. Set your sights on Fleet Farm's Take Aim Firearms and Shooting event, which is going on now as well. You can stop in and check out all the great deals on firearms, ammo, gun safes, optics, and more. That's not what I shop for there. I shop for bird seed. I shop for corn for the deer. I shop for bubbler drinks. But whatever you're looking for, you can get it all in one stop at Fleet Farm, proudly serving the Midwest since 1955. Joe Thomas. Man. Scheduled to appear. <laughs> Man. Next, it's Wilde and Tausch. You're listening to Wilde and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN. Presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin and sponsored by American Family Insurance. Joining us now, great music choice, Jesse. Unfortunately, we couldn't get Jeff Saturday. We couldn't get Willie Rofe. So instead, we settle for newly minted Pro Football Hall of Famer. Although he doesn't have the jacket yet. But he's always a starter on our team. It is Joe Thomas on Wilde and Tausch. Joseph, good morning. Good morning, guys. I know... You guys do a great job. You're really good radio hosts. But if you work for my radio station, you're probably not good enough. So I would have you sweep in the sidewalks because that's about the only spot I could find for you. Well, we all have a role. 
That's right. Maybe I shouldn't be insulted. The world needs ditch diggers, too, and I guess that's just me for Keyshawn Johnson's team. (laughs) Yeah, Joe, what do you think happened? Because I don't think Keyshawn meant to be a total, you know what, blank wad, but it came off that way. Do you think he was trying to make a joke and he just couldn't formulate what he was trying? What what happened? Yeah, so uh, I'm glad you asked because uh, after the fact, the guy that books for ESPN Radio, because, I, I mean, I, I'm not boys with Keyshawn. I don't know his number. So I contacted the booking guy, and I was like, so what's going on here? Like, I thought we were, I was coming on to talk about the Hall of Fame process and the Super Bowl, and the first thing <laughs> – I do is come on and Keyshawn tells me I'm not good enough to play tackle on his team. And then they want me to ask me about Aaron Rodgers, which is fine, but let me know before I come on the show, if that's what we're going to talk about. Uh, but anyways, but, so Keyshawn like reached out to me after when he found out I was upset and was like, first of all, don't be mad at me because I took your guy, Mike Golick's job. And I was like, well, I've been on Golick's show a couple of times and I've met him like once, like I had nothing to do with it. And, like, he's not my boy. I'm not his agent. Like, I really don't care that you took his job. And wait, then he whoa, to, whoa, like, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Yeah. So he his apology call opened with that? That was the opening. Then he said, <laughs> he said this is a good one. Then he was like, um, it's a bit. It's what we do because I do both radio and TV, and you wouldn't know anything about that. But it was a bit. And I was like, well, it was a bit. It wasn't funny, and it made no sense. And it was insulting. So maybe put the ego aside for a second. And listen to what I'm telling you. And then he tried to divert into some other stuff that I won't talk about. But I was like, no, no. Let's just keep the main thing the main thing here. You had me on as a guest. I said no to a lot of other people so I could do your show, thinking we'd talk about the Super Bowl and the Hall of Fame induction. And then all you did was insult me. And, and you could tell that it was not intentional. It was just poorly done and insulting. So, hey, when that happens, <laughs> when we're all in the public sphere, you get called out about it sometimes, and some of us do a good job and become better because of it, and some of us have too big of egos, and we can't handle criticism, and then we don't get any better. Man. Oh, my. God, I, love what? That. I don't understand. He calls to apologize, and then he it's, it says that you're mad because Mike Golick left? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, God. Let's let's be honest. This is not a huge surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty funny. But you're right. T- to your point, Dash. I think he thought he was being funny, but he never yeah. was able to land the plane. You know, at some point he just got to land the plane, and he never did. And so I was just caught off guard because it felt like he was trying to like was... I don't know, attack me or something. I don't know. But you know, what? I-, I wanted to listen back to it. So I often talk to the great producer. Jesse Nelson to see if he can send it to me because after uh, Keyshawn got all offended that I was offended, which is funny, uh, I was like, well, maybe I was out of line. I wouldn't have listened back to it, but of course uh, you I weren't posted because it was just terrible. And uh, oh, yeah, that was an exciting. Why don't we day post yesterday. it, <laughs> Jesse? Let us let's us post it, and the joke can comment on our because I think we gave pretty good analysis back. I thought you should have said. Yeah. Well, Keyshawn, it'll be great when – well, you're never going to make the Hall of Fame, so I understand why you're a little bit mad. You could have been yeah. a total jerk back to him, but you took the high road, yeah. which that's, yeah. what Hall of, that's what a Hall of Famer should do. All right, so yeah, – I usually, I usually try to take the high road, but after a couple times, I like then I can't yeah, that do was anymore. Then I just yeah. go – I go straight wallow in the mud with the pig. But I did tell him, I go, Keyshawn, yes. if, if you came on my show and the first thing that I said to you is, 
you know what, you were a good receiver, but you're not good enough to play receiver for my team, so I got a spot as a short yardage tight end for you. Would that be insulting to you? And, of course, I got crickets after that one. So, anyways, we should post it, and then I want I want to poll all of Wisconsin and find out. If I was the one that was out of line for being sensitive and offended and insulted, or if he was maybe a little bit uh, insulting for not landing the plan on his bit. Well, the great producer, Jesse Nelson, will get that done. I feel really confident. And I also All feel right. really confident, canyon-esque. This will be more than oh. a canyon, which is I 98%. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, weekday mornings starting at 5 a.m. on ESPN Wisconsin. <laughs> well done. Ed, <laughs> um, Joe, lucky you. Uh, I'm an expert in being sensitive, so I can help you with that as well. All right. <laughs> Thank you. So because I'm such a professional, I am going to blindside you with a story before we get to the Ooh. Hall of Fame and you in your underwear as uh, Walter Jones is about to knock on the door, which Tausch <laughs> even read that story. That's how good that story was at the State Journal. Tausch read it. But I had a friend of mine who is a longtime basketball official text me the last time you were on. And so I am going to blindside you with this. I did not tell you I was going to ask you about this. Mm-hmm. But I, he sent me this story. Uh, that he was officiating a game where you guys were playing Brookfield East. And I'm going to read uh, just a little bit of what he sent here. We had a play under the basket that got really rough, and we were an eyelash away from having a real brawl, and Joe Thomas stopped it. He didn't touch a soul. He said, stop this right now, and everyone did. It was incredible. I remember like it was yesterday. The best part was the smile on his face as he handed me with the handed me the basketball. As I write this, I'm reminded what a great life I've had. What a great guy. That's from my friend John Benson. Do you remember doing this? And are you this great of a guy, or is he making this up? <laughs> he's definitely exaggerating. I'm not going to say he's totally making it up because I do remember being the peacemaker in a lot of situations. You know, I, I think honestly, maybe Tosh would lean into this, but. As an offensive lineman, you always got to have a cool head in all situations because as soon as we get all riled up about something, that's when you get out of balance and you fall on your face and you get embarrassed. And so even going back to youth basketball, I was always the peacemaker, the guy breaking up the fights. Even in practice, like you'd see guys fighting all the time in training camp, right? But I was usually the guy breaking things up because I was like, we got work to do. Come on, let's get back to business. And it didn't matter what sport it was. I just always enjoyed being an athlete, getting out there, playing, whether it was track, basketball, football. It's hard not to smile when you're out there, especially when you're playing with your buddies. All right. I, yeah, wanna, I think, it, it, yeah, to Joe's point, I've always said this, uh, I never, I didn't know very many offensive linemen. There's a lot of, obviously, emotion and you play hard and all that, but the trash talking, people always ask you, oh, who's the best trash talker? Is there an old lineman that you can think of that was a great trash talker? Because we, None. you know, Joe obviously – did this at an incredibly high level. Willie Rolfe. And when you look at <laughs> Willie Rolfe was a big, <laughs> much better than Joe. And, of course, Saturday was much better than Joe and Munoz and whoever else. But I can't think of it because we always wanted, you know, I always tell the story. I want to make sure these guys know, man, you're a guy across from me. You're a Hall of Fame, a Pro Bowl player. I don't want to give them any extra juice. I want them no. to be comfortable and maybe not crank their dial up all the way. So I... O-linemen just aren't great trash talkers because of what Joe just mentioned there. I always said you never want to tug on Superman's cape. 
the first thing I would always do when I'd line up against the defensive end, hey, how's the family? How are the kids? Great to see you. You're having a heck of a year, man. I'm voting for you yes. for the Pro Bowl. Oh, my God. There you go. <laughs> you guys had the same MO. There you Running go. for mayor, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, Joe, I want to get to the, the Hall of Fame process, uh, unlike Keyshawn J. Will and Max did. Uh, can you stick around a little longer? <laughs> no problem, my friend. Anything All right. for you guys. Uh, because I had never talked to Annie Thomas before, and I'm so glad I did because she made that story. I want to talk about the process with Joe as he is headed for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. More with Joe Thomas straight ahead. Stick around. This is Wildey and Tausch on 94.5 ESPN, sponsored by American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com. It turns into gold. Everybody knows I've got the magic in me. Continuing with, I guess, soon-to-be Pro Football Hall of Famer because he's been elected, but he has not been enshrined or inducted yet. That comes Well, what is it called 5th. when a president gets elected? Uh, yeah, president-elect. Yeah, president-elect. Yeah, Hall of Famer-elect. Hofi. 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 He's engaged, engaged to be engaged to Canton, Ohio. <laughs> uh, so, Joe, I, I'm sure everybody on the planet obviously went to Madison.com and read my story. Uh, when Tausch says it's one of the best things I've ever written, I know it must be pretty good. And I owe it all to Annie. But the amazing part of Walter Jones, and you can tell the story again for those that somehow did not read it, but the amazing part to me about Walter Jones coming to the door and you being in your underwear at a team meet at a family meeting and Annie sending you upstairs to get dressed is that this happened hours after you and Tausch and Sarah and the Tauscher kids and I and Jesse were eating in the ESPN Madison studios our little Mission barbecue lunch that you brought brought into what us. What a day. And a couple Joe. hours later wow. you're getting into the Hall of Fame. Well, isn't that crazy? I mean, who would have thought that moments after breaking bread over a good Mission bar- barbecue meal, I would have had Walter Jones showing up at my door telling me I'm in the Hall of Fame. Just an incredible day. I mean, how do you beat a day like that? First, an opportunity to hang out with my good friend, Wilby and Tausch, and then to visit <laughs> with my idol, Walter Jones, and have my son tell me I'm in the Hall of Fame. Oh. So so explain to folks what exactly, because we talked about it that day. You knew you were getting in. I know you weren't going to be overconfident and whatever else, but we all knew that you were a first ballot guy, uh, despite never making the playoffs. And we knew that you were going to deserve. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm, I'm testing out my hey, Keyshawn. Keyshawn. What's up, Keyshawn? Exactly. Thanks for getting the reference. So take us through the day because it really, I mean, again, yes, the Mission Barbecue was great. Our time with you was great. But I, I even I don't have a Keyshawn-sized ego to think that the highlight of the day was the time you spent with us. That's right. That's right. No, it was an incredible day. Obviously, the wife did an amazing job making sure that I didn't find out about it beforehand, keeping it a complete secret. Like we talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago, 
she'd been telling the kids all week, like, oh, you better clean your room. You never know where they're going to show up, which reminded me of my mom, who always used to tell me, you got to wear clean underwear because if you have to go to the hospital, you're going to be real embarrassed if you got underwear you've been wearing for two weeks. And uh, so it worked on the kids, though, because their rooms were pretty clean when Walter Jones showed up. Uh, and I even had pants on because the wife told me we were going to have dinner with the neighbors, so I had to go get dressed. And I was like, honey, I got like 10 minutes before we have to leave. It's, it only takes a man like 30 seconds to get ready. Just put your pants on. And I'm like, all right, geez, play off, lady. She must have had a bad day with the kids or something. I was hanging out with Will the entire sheet in Mission Barbecue. I'm doing great, so I'll go up and put my pants on if it makes you happy. So, Joe, hey, so what Joe, did it, Go ahead. Did Annie... Did she? When did she know that Walter was coming, and how did she keep it a secret? Because it had to just be, I mean, she had to be excited about it to not be able to share it with you. How good of a secret keeper is she? Well, it makes you a little nervous, right? If she can keep that secret for yeah. me. What other secrets does she keep it in the closet there? No, uh, <laughs> I will say, I give her a lot of credit, because we were actually in Mexico, it was over that Martin Luther King Jr. holiday that kids got out of school. So we went down and uh, took a little warm weather vacay down to Puerto Vallarta. And the Hall of Fame called her that afternoon when we were hanging around on the beach doing some body surfing and boogie boarding with the kids. And then that night, we usually try to have one night where we just have the adults, just me and Annie get a little date night, take away from the kids and go downtown Puerto Vallarta and have dinner. So it was that day that they called him. So she had to sit with me for three hours at a dinner, which already is torture enough. But then the biggest secret of our entire marriage has been told to her that afternoon, and she can't tell me that whole night. Uh, so it probably helped that I had a few Dos Equis beers, and so I was probably not in any situation to be being told any big news. So uh, she did a good job from that point, which was about, I don't know, 10 days until they actually showed up at the house. And so I imagine every day she was like, I know something you don't know in her mind. So she told me, and again, Annie has now, as much as we love you around here, and we do, um, she has now moved up my Thomas family power rankings. Because she's one on your power rankings? She's one, yeah. I mean, wow. first of all, she cool. does, she's able to do something that I have no chance of doing, and that is keeping a secret. Right? She's really good at it, she said. Uh, she loves surprises. She said she would have planned her own surprise birthday party if she could. She was great. Like, she was as good as, jo as, good as Joe is as an interview. She's even better. So I didn't cover yeah. her as a player at Wisconsin when she played basketball as Annie Nelson, but she was outstanding. Uh, that said, the video, and I, I, they did a whole show of these, right, Joe? Of everyone getting their knock at their home. Is that right? Yep. Okay, yeah, exactly. I haven't I have a DVR and I haven't gotten to watch it yet, but I did see some of the clips of yours, and you know I I, I haven't met your kids, but they are all uh, it, I'm sure they are just chips off the two blocks that they have as parents. But the part of this that I just think is so great, and if you could tell folks this, who didn't get to read the brilliantly written story on Madison.com, uh, who recognizes first? that Walter Jones is at the door. Because as parents ourselves, Tausch and I, the fact that the kids factor into you getting the news yeah. and the fact that you cried when you knew this was coming, you just didn't know when, are my two favorite parts of the story that Annie shared. Yeah, so I'm not exactly sure if it was my second daughter, Cameron, or if it was Jack, 
because we were all hanging out in the kitchen as a family because we were like supposedly going to be talking to the kids before we went to dinner with the neighbors because we're planning on taking a family trip this summer so we were going to like talk about it and the kids weren't going to listen like usual but they get a knock (laughs) and it was right after school on friday and so I figured, just like the kids did, that it was just the neighbor kids coming over to play with our kids because our neighbors have four right next to us and three across the street, and they're all, like, the same age. And so we hear the knock on the door, and so the kids start running to the door thinking their friends are there, and instantly I hear Cameron say, there's a big guy with a coat at the door. And I was like, uh, is he trying to sell, like, insurance or lawn care? Like, do I need to go shoo him away or something? And then... Within like two seconds, my son Jack goes, Dad, we made it! We made it, Dad! And he's hopping up and down like a bunny rabbit. And it did take me still another second because I was so caught off guard. Because I think I told you guys when I was with you that the announcement wasn't going to happen, or at least they weren't going to come and tell me right. until much closer to the Super Bowl, right? Because right. otherwise, you got this two-week span that it's certainly going to leak, and they don't want that to happen, which it's amazing it didn't because it was two weeks before the announcement uh, that they they knocked on everybody's door. But so as soon as Jack said, we made it, Dad, we made it, and then I, I kind of, like, snapped out of it and realized what was happening. I started walking towards the door, and then I've got a double door in the front, and Walter Jones with his big gold jacket is taking up both door frames. And then walking outside and having him say, Joe, welcome home, it just almost brought me to my knees, and I gave him a big hug, and then that's when the waterworks started. So you did not think you were going to cry, did you? I didn't, because like you guys said, I felt really good about my resume. Like, I I felt it stacked up very well against other Hall of Famers. And as you get into that finalist list, you start reading what, you know, the other national writers are talking about who's in and who's not. And pretty much everyone said I was going to get in. So it it wasn't, to me, really nervousness about whether I was going to get in or not. But you still never know what the writers are going to decide to do in that moment and who they want to make the class up. Um, but I think just the fact that I was completely caught off guard, I didn't expect it to happen like that. And then having my kids be part of it, being the ones that actually told me, that was why I think I was yeah. just so emotional. Because if I could have written the script for it, I couldn't have done a better job than the way it went down. Oh, that is fantastic. And, Joe, before we let you go, uh Jason surprised you with something, and you were surprised. You've been doing your podcast with Annie, and it's been fantastic. You had Luke Fickle on. I've seen you had Nelson on. You had a bunch of big guests, but you had one of our favorite guests. And did she mention anything? She's an old track star at the university. Did she mention anything about a certain co-host on this show? Or can you give us a little taste of what that podcast sounded like? Yeah, so Annie and I, you know, being the broadcast journalism major that she is and with her experience doing the Badger women's game and color, and then when we were in Ohio, she covered the Ohio State uh, girls' basketball tournament as the the TV color analyst. Um, She's a great on-air personality, as Wilde got to know when he did his interview with her a couple weeks ago. Um, And so we do this podcast, Badger Biggs, interview one former Badger, one current Badger. Yeah, great podcast. about their Badger experience. Yeah, it's been really well received. It's been a lot of fun. we got a couple more that are still coming out this year. Uh, And we had Tara Clack on there, who was a great Badger Big Ten pole vaulter and was a great track athlete at the Forest in the uh, the late 90s. Uh, And actually good friends with 
Annie, and then Mark Bell, her husband, was a, a tight end that played with me. Um, but it was weird. You do this podcast for about 30 minutes, and then they cut it down to 15, and they cut out the part when Tara mentioned a very handsome reporter that worked for the State Journal that covered her in the 90s, and she just couldn't remember the name. And I was wondering if you guys could remember who that could have been. Semerow? Was it Semerow? I Rob think it was probably Semerow. That, that's maybe Hernandez. I think I think those are the two that it, it was between. Maybe Jesse should take a Twitter poll <laughs> on that one. Who the, the, the fans out there think that was? Oh, we're out of time. That's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, congratulations to Tara and Mark on the birth of, I believe, their fourth child. That's right. Uh, she she is very happily married, as am I. But yes, after writing a very long story about her at UW, not at DeForest, despite reports to the contrary, I may have had a slight crush the old on her. will do. They called them back in the day. Uh, yes, go DeForest, go. Uh, Man, she, she's. Man. Uh, I did. She Man. was. She was one of my favorites, uh, and I liked her in a different way than I like Joe Thomas, who I don't like at all anymore <laughs> after this conversation. <laughs> uh, Joe, we're thrilled for you, buddy. Uh, we're so happy. I think I am pushing for us to be in Canton, and I can cover for the State Journal you going in. And we could do the show from there. It would be great to be part of that weekend. We're so happy for you. And you are in our starting five no matter what position it is. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks. Guys, being named into the Hall of Fame was great, but nothing's as great as being on with you on Fridays. So thank you for the great honor. Uh, You're such a bad liar. It's always a lot of fun. Always a lot of laughs. So I appreciate you guys giving me the time. Pro Football Hall of Famer elect Joe Thomas on Wilde and Tausch. We'll kick off the 11 o'clock hour in two minutes. Stick around.